This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detail along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, and Charlie Long. On our Oakwood Hard Jewelers Talk and Text Line, John Hendricks for SI.com, also Boot Crew Media. Uh, John, uh, in Indianapolis today, correct? Yep, yep. Been here uh, for a little bit now, so it's been a, a good experience so far, and obviously some invaluable uh, meetings and such that have taken place so far. <laughs> John, one of the things uh, it don't tell you a damn thing about if a guy can play or not. Okay, you run you in pajamas and slippers, but uh, the job interviews, the one-on-one interviews are very important because they know if you can play or you can't. Uh, they, they pretty much know if you're fast or you're not, or are you strong or you're not. Now, some of the numbers might be a little surprising, but they, I figured that out. I think the job interviews and the medicals, that's where this is really the cut for the combine, that it gives you a thorough medical examination, and every year, right, somebody comes out of here with something that you didn't know about before, but those one-on-one interviews, I think, play a huge part when things are close between players. Yeah, look, uh, we talked to DA yesterday, and, and that's one of the things that he talked about. I asked him about the combine experience, and he said, you know, look, most of these guys are just a name and a number right now. And so he said that's one of the most rewarding type things is being able to talk to some of these guys. And, you know, you don't really know too much about their story and about them until you sit down. And, you know, DA said kind of about it. He said, hey, look, you know, if I was in those positions like they were, I don't know if I would be in their spot today, you know, being able to pull through with all the adversity and such. And so, look, it's a great time to, to get – to know a lot of the prospects and look, the Saints are in that mode where they're doing a lot more of their homework with Mickey and, and DA right now. But you're right. I mean, you know, most everything that you've done already is, is on tape in college. Well, uh, John, you speak of that though, but it just seems like, I don't know if it's human nature uh, that you look at college tape and then you do the interviews, but Mike, uh, you could chime in here too with John, uh, that to me, people are still freaked out. Uh, when you got the workout warrior and you got the, the measurables. It's that, great TV. That, that it's off the chart. I'm just telling you. Oh, okay. It's great TV. But, boy, but, John and Mike, what about this, though? You remember, you know you know who had the measurables that was unbelievable? Was Teron Armstead. What, 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 from what, Arkansas Pine Bluff? Uh, what he did? Mike, think about that. 
And how well? Now, you know, the only thing to me that has set him back now with the Saints and Dolphins. was injuries. Injuries. But other than that, when he's playing, he's been dominant. And so you're going to find a guy like that in every year. Oh, we didn't know about, I mean, to be the big guy for Georgia last year, Davis. And when he ran, right. and you're like, what? That guy's that fast? And every once in a while, you see a little bit of movement on a player because you know what, John and Bob? Those uh, head coaches and GMs, they're not going from stadium to stadium to watch college games. They worried about the NFL season. So, you know what? The last thing on your mind sometimes does take uh, effect when you're drafting. It is the measurables, yeah. Yeah, look, and I think that's the thing. And you see some of the combine speeds today from some of these defensive linemen. I mean, man, these guys are scooting out here, right? And and so I think there are things there. And, you know, with the Saints, it's one of those that you look at the RAS scores, all those fun things that, that come out. And, you know, look, Bobby brought it up. Uh, Teron had a, a very freakish combine and stuff. And I think that does matter. And, and, you know, just looking at guys 40 times and knowing that, hey, maybe I found out something about this prospect that maybe I didn't catch the first time around when I looked at the film and, and such. And so, look, it's a, a good opportunity to definitely help boost your draft stock regardless, you know. But, again, it, 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 it still remains to be seen because I think Mike hit it on that it's all about your character and that interview that you have with the scouts and what they say about you and is going to carry a lot of weight. Now, uh, you know, John, when you look at, um, like, Really, does it matter, like, where do you went to school? Because when you look at it, uh, if you get invited, it'd be kind of like a senior bowl invite or a combine invite that there's a reason why you're on the radar. And it doesn't matter how maybe successful your school or university was, but uh, but what are you doing as an individual and maybe uh, uh, the prospect of you going forward? And that and see if uh, when you line up uh, – against maybe more household names or household universities, uh, that, that realistically with the NFL, they could care less where you came from. Now, they look at the SEC and the power of that. But, uh, okay, you know as a perfect example, uh, Khalil Mack. Where did he go to school? He went to freaking Buffalo. What? Mm. Uh, now, now, think about that. I'm not talking about the Buffalo Bills. I'm talking about the, the, the Buffalo <laughs> University. You know, think about that, Mike. That goes to tell you. It's not Penn State. Uh, somebody or, missed out on that guy when right. they were a high school recruiting him. And listen, that does happen because it happened with you. Yeah, uh, Bob, Northwest it happened with you. You went South Lafouche one year as a quarterback. I never played quarterback to my senior year. And, then and I'm so it does happen. Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Late bloomer, yep. Yeah. Yeah, it, well, it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, I asked Mickey about that because I asked him yesterday about, you know, past three to five years, we've seen a lot of things with the small schools, HBCU becoming more prominent. And, you know, he kind of said that they, they pride themselves on finding those gyms. I mean, look at, at Rashid Shahid last year, Weber State. Nobody knows right. that, yeah. right? I mean, that's a, that's a prime example. Or even taking a guy like a Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa. I mean, it's not like it's a big SEC school. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that, to think about him. Deontay Hardy was Assumption College. I mean, there's just all these things that they do find. And so, look, that carries a lot of weight, and I think there's something, especially with these undrafted guys, that they carry that extra chip on their shoulder when they do get get the call. And, and so it's not always a given where just because you're in the SEC means you're given the stuff. I can think of guys like the Saints have drafted out over the years. and I mean, Damian Swan was a, one that comes to mind, a guy out of Georgia. I mean, he was a, you know, mid-day three pick, but still, you know, he's a Georgia guy. He's right. 
do a lot for you. He didn't, you know. John, one of the things uh, happens today, certainly with the Alvin Kamara situation. Now, to me, that opens up the situation where you got to take a back, but not only one now. We talking plural. Because uh, now you're not really sure about 2023 for Alvin. And this team has no depth at the running back position. I'm talking about basically zero. Uh, you got Dwayne Washington, Eno Benjamin they brought in. But he was cut loose by two teams. Uh, so uh, your opinion, I-, I think they need a power back. And they also need a, a guy that can be that edge rusher receiver coming out of the backfield. It's not just one back. They need two today. And, you know, uh, Mike and John, how about I'm going to throw that out there? Because I know we love him because he went to St. Aug and all that. What if you had, like, a, a Leonard Fournette to replace Mark Ingram and then you draft more of your, uh, 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 you know, Kamara type back? You know, we don't know if Kamara's available or not, but – you know, take that route uh, that Leonard Fournette is kind of almost playing a role to support the running back room. Depends on how much Leonard wants. No, 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 no. no. That comes point. into play. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think it's valid. I think they've got to get at least two. And whether that's draft and free agency or something else, they've got to look at trying to improve that situation because I think that's something they're missing is somebody that could run up the middle and be a power back. I mean, they tried it with Mark and just didn't really pan out. And they tried it with David Johnson, didn't really work out. And they were just missing something there. And look, Kamara's utilization wasn't the best either. I, I think that was a, a thing for him. And, you know, most of their effective runs were Taysom Powers and, and right. such. And, <laughs> and so, look, I, I think that, you know, with Kamara, even if he does escape the trial, his fate there, he could still get suspended under the league's personal conduct policy, which is probably That's about true. six games. And so, Look, I, I'm in favor. you got to bring in some life free agency. I think there's a good talent of, of guys that are coming into this draft that I feel like you can spend a day, two, three pick. And, you know, I, I think the middle rounds is probably where they might look. I don't know if they're going to get somebody high up because they have other pressing needs like de-tackle and, and such. But, look, they've got to improve that spot because it was definitely lackluster. And you have too good of an offensive line that was showing how dominant they could be in the trenches to just have no nobody that can t- take advantage of it. Well, John, I can tell you who I like, uh, and it sounds like he's from New Orleans, uh, even though he played at UCLA. I think he got New Orleans connection. Zach, yeah, Louisiana connection. Yeah, Zach Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet. I mean, from UCLA, 220 pounds. He averaged seven yards a carry. Uh, we were dealing with the hurricane. I remember watching an LSU-UCLA game. And all like, man, who's that? We can't, we can't tackle him. And they're still trying to tackle <laughs> right, him right. from last year, man. And Zach, he rushed for over thirteen hundred yards, and he caught about three hundred sixty yards worth of passes. He played in ten games for UCLA, yeah, and we yeah, yeah. we brag about Tajay, and he deserves all the accolades. <laughs> but look at the numbers Charbonnet put up. Well, and, and, and look up the numbers that would have been put up if we'd uh, elected her as mayor, Desiree Charbonnet. <laughs> I mean, uh, but we wouldn't be maybe in the situation we're in right now with uh, Latoya the Destroyer. Yeah, Bob, you doing the, the, the wrong show. No, but it's Charbonnet. <laughs> I, I, I just recognize that name. Yeah, look, I mean, there's tons of these prospects that you're going to see a lot more of, and and they're going to come in more into focus. But, look, again, I I feel like this is a very running back rich class. Tight end, too. Tight end, too. I think receiver is a little bit good, too. And and so I think there's a lot of areas the Saints can improve upon in that offense that was just dreadful. It's been pretty hard to watch the past couple of years. John, uh, what's the buzz in Indy about Derek Carr? Uh, Because now – 
there seems to be some momentum growing more and more about the Saints being in the lead spot uh, for Derek Carr. It, has that been the buzz in Indy also? Yeah, it, it is. And, and look, I'll tell you, the Saints, that's kind of their prime, prime target, right? And so I think this is priority number one for them, figuring out the quarterback spot. This is the top priority for them. You know, look, I, I think we, in reading through and everything that I've heard out here is that Carr is their top guy. I don't think it's about the money necessarily. Um, it's more about the best opportunity and situation with Derek Carr and where does he have the best opportunity. You know, and I don't think that's New York because you have to run through the AFC. There's too much talent there. The division is very strong that he would be going into. I think with Carolina, they're still trying to figure things out. I think New Orleans is in the best spot to be able to help them because, um, I mean, you look, get into the NFC, the playoffs, get into the dance. I think he has a shot, and I think that – there's a lot the Saints like about him from his the way he handles himself. It's not just a DA, you know, connection. But look, it, it's real, and I, I'm I got to tell you, this is they they feel like this will be done, you know, uh, the the Sean Paytonism sooner rather than later. Um, I don't think anything would be imminent, you know, coming out of the combine. But here, right before the start of the new league season, I think that you'll probably see where Carr picks, and I think. Right now, um, if you ask me, I think Carr will be on the Saints, and I give it about an 85% chance to happen. Well, uh, he can come to the Saints, uh, but if Aaron Rodgers goes to Carolina, uh, the Saints are a second <laughs> banana. Uh, I can tell you, yeah. uh, I, I want you to comment on this, John. I'm looking at uh, Adam Schefter saying that Aaron Rodgers, now the Panthers have reached out to Green Bay uh, to maybe be their quarterback. Now he's uh, 39 years of age, but it's Aaron Rodgers. To me, this is not good for the Houdat Nation. I look at that. This is almost like uh, Mr. Tepper, the owner of Carolina. we got to win now, kind of like uh, what the Buccaneers did with Tom Brady. Instant fix. I'm not worried about three or four years down the road right now. So uh, we don't know. Uh, the NFC South, the NFC South. But if Aaron Rodgers goes to Carolina, considering uh, their defense and how they were structured and uh, you know their line, and uh, I know they don't have Christian McCaffrey anymore, but how they could not be favored in the AFC South, I mean the NFC South, if Aaron Rodgers the Carolina Panthers quarterback. And, John, I think this would set off a chain reaction of events because if Carr signs with the Saints, and let's say the Panthers pull off a deal for Rodgers, and we don't know that, but let's say they do. Right. What the hell, Atlanta? There's no way they enter in the season with Desmond Ritter. No, I think now they jump both feet in. To try to get Lamar Jackson. Right. And, and then all of a sudden, uh, what, you're going to go with Kyle Trask at Tampa Bay? Then all of a sudden, Jimmy Garoppolo ends up there. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, the NFC South, look at all these quarterback changes. Yeah, look, it would be something. And look, I, I know that's a, a big buzz right now, and Carolina is going to do a lot of their, their homework. And look, I, you know, I think Frank Wright is, is a great coach. I think he's going to help turn those guys around. And Look, Atlanta, I think they're still trying to deal with some of the fallout with some of these past contracts they had from Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, all this other stuff, right? And they're trying to figure things out. And, look, I like some of their, their young talent that they have. And I think Terry Fontenot can really help them build. I don't think that's a contender this year just because I don't think Desmond Renner played as well as uh, some of the people thought he would, you know what I mean? And so, obviously, Mar- Marcus Mariota thing didn't work out. But no, it you get Aaron Rodgers in the division, it certainly gets really interesting. And, look, if, if he plays, you know, maybe he needs to change the scenery because he wasn't that good at Green Bay last year. And I don't think it was all because of Aaron Rodgers. But, look, they would need to look at the receivers. They need to, to figure out some ways to help make them a little bit easier on him. But, man, it could – 
really change their fortune. But Tampa, look, I think their total rebuild mode, they're going to be kind of the bottom dwellers, uh, you know, for at least a season or two because they've just got too many things to figure out post-Tom Brady. John, I think if one team you can look at in the NFC and say they would tank, I think it's the Bucks in the mm-hmm. shot to try to grab Caleb Williams. Because, you know, they cutting loose people left and right, Cameron Brait, Leonard Fournette, and that's just the start. I think if there's one team that could really hit rock bottom and fast, it would be Tampa Bay. Yeah, I agree. You're going to penthouse outhouse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just Well, look at what happened to the Rams. You go all in for a championship, yeah. and then suddenly – all those pieces and all that stuff just kind of the worst, up, re- the worst record, John, in uh, Super Bowl history. Uh, Super Bowl yeah. winner the next season, the worst record ever. John, uh, I mean, maybe you can elaborate a little bit about this. I think he, uh, DA was questioned about his decision to keep Pete Carmichael as the uh, offensive coordinator. Uh, what exactly did he, he bring up in that conversation? Yeah, look, he was just talking about, you know, he, he believes in Pete Carmichael, and he just cited kind of the, the way things were going around the league is that there were about 16 coordinator changes, right? And so he feels that Pete's still the guy that can run this offense, you know, like he did when Sean was, was out for a bit, and, and that, that's the type of quality that they can get. And so, again, it's just more about guys can trust. I think one of the other things to hit on is, they finally feel like they're in a position where they know how to use Taysom correctly. So I think that's going to be big for them as well. And so, look, there were some ways that he cited that, you know, he liked about the offense, but ultimately it just it come down to his track record and, you know, and, and, and not having to go through, as he called it, a rat race to right. make, make a change when he had about 16 different offensive coordinators change. And, Again, I think it's where he's banking on it, but, you know, it's going to be – we'll see what happens. But he's well, confident. And, you know, John, it's like we spalled who that nation. We look at uh, come on, Sean Payton and Drew Brees. We're always uh, – oh, we definitely in the top five. We're not number one. We're in the top five, maybe top three. But I think, uh, you know, fans, we look at it, okay, where did we rank, like, overall total offense and scoring offense? You look on the Pete Carmichael, we were 19th total offense, 22nd in scoring offense. Uh, that, that, that's, uh, it can't happen. Uh, we spoiled, uh, that cannot happen here. Uh, that was the worst statistical finish and scoring since 2005. What? That was since Katrina. This was before Sean Payton. So that's why I think, we look, ah, that's why people say, man, Pete Carmichael, I don't, I don't know about him, but you know, the one thing looking at the glass half full instead of half empty, I thought this was interesting. You know, the saints rank, uh, you know, explosive plays, the saints rank 10th top 10 in yards per play last season. Now, like you were saying with what Dennis Allen said, so what I don't feel like we did a good job is finishing. There's a different ways you could finish, whether it's the red zone, whether it's converting on third down to have sustained drives. He goes on to say, so whether that would be finishing in the red zone or where some opportunities on third down uh, that we could have converted. And I brought this up. You know what else he said? Maybe there was a drop here, a drop there. How about you catch the damn ball? And uh, the, 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 the inconsistencies there, then we might have performed better offensively. Because, Mike, you know, like, okay, if you – I know I'm, 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 you say I'm taking over the quarterbacks. But I'm telling you, okay, if you hit the receiver in the hand and it's third and seven and we had the first down and he drops it, eh, now we got a punt. 
So what? You're not successful offensively? How about you catch the ball? So, I mean, I just look at how Dennis Allen broke that down from red zone uh, to third down opportunities. Now, that's one thing Drew Brees and Sean Payton, we were always unbelievable on third down. Yeah, they were great on third down. We were always unbelievable. And then uh, you look at, like, uh, not making contested catches. What have we said about Chris Olave or any of the receivers? Because you get spalled again with Marcus Colston and, 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 and Michael what Mike Tyler. did in his Michael prime. Thomas. It's like, what? No, it's a 50-50 ball, but it's our 50. We catching it. No, well, it's the, more like 80-20. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, 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 for this year, uh, like, uh, John, if you look back, I mean, I'll look at, if we had a contested catch, or the last two seasons, we went catching Jack. We weren't going to catch the ball. That That's been frustrating. Now, maybe I'm taking it up for the quarterbacks again. But, I mean, uh, those contested catches, we were kind of spoiled with Colston and uh, Michael Thomas. Yeah, I mean, you you hit it on the head. This is where they missed the Michael Thomas. They didn't have a guy, a big-body guy, a possession receiver that could make the catches on a third and two, a slant-type thing, or quick route that could to move the sticks. I think that's something that they missed. And, look, I think that they are going to look at it and, and try to get – uh, a guy like that in free agency, maybe, and uh, just somebody who can move the chains for him. And, you know, I don't think the door's closed on Mike, but it's obviously something that I don't think they put all their eggs in that basket, even if they somehow figure out a way to keep him. But, you know, just to put it in perspective, what you're talking about the offense, look, the, the games, the last eight games for the Saints last year, 20 points or less allowed by the defense, and the Saints won half of those games. You should win all of them. You should win all of them. You should win. Absolutely. (laughs) You needed over 20 points to win those games, and it's over half of them, so it just didn't happen. Quick, uh, John, uh, David Onyemata, you think he signs a new deal with the Saints? Uh, Look, I think that's kind of tough just because I think, um, you know, the defensive interior is going through a huge makeover. I mean, they only have one guy on the contract. Squat left. Hey, John, John, how about this? Uh, I think if the Saints don't sign him, he possibly goes to two NFC South teams. He'll stay in the NFC South and come back maybe to hunt the Saints. Uh, (laughs) I I, I wouldn't be shocked. Right, right. That that I think uh, David Onyemata, now you might say, well, we need him to be more consistent and play at a higher level and maybe has taken a step back. But, Mike, watch, uh, 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 whether it be Carolina, the Falcons, or whatever, I'm telling you, he can stay right there in the NFC South and go get the Saints. I think the distraction of what happens at quarterback has taken away the fact this defensive tackle group is basically been wiped off the planet. There's nothing left. Man, that, that's a major rebuild of defensive tackle. John, to be honest. Well, well and who we signed? Yeah. Passigno, he's like a tweener the, the, on the edge or the interior. You like him in the NASCAR, maybe to rush the passer. But he's not like, a, you know, like a shy Tuttle. You look at Malcolm Roach, whatever it might be on the interior. Can street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On no, and on. No, you look at the D tackle and you look David Onyemata being the top dog. It's like, whoa, that's why almost in the draft you say, like, I don't know, Mike, the 29th pick, is there going to be a stud D-tackle that we can take uh, yeah, in? I bet they take a long look at a lot of them yeah. at the D-tackle at 29. John, thanks so much for joining us uh, tonight. We really appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for having me, guys. Y'all have a good rest of the show. All Thank righty. you, John. John Hendricks, uh, lead writer for SI.com, also boot crew uh, Media, you know, Mike. Have we talked about that enough? Because you think about the instability in the interior. There ain't much left. So, if, so, so, if so, uh, uh, isn't resigned. Uh, do you agree you with nothing. me that 
you might think David Onyemata out of sight, out of mind, but he might not be uh, uh, out of sight, out of mind. He might be right there on the NFC South, but with a different team. Well, he'll right. just go a little bit east to Atlanta. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or, 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 uh, well, they, uh, Carolina, the, the, I think he's not going anywhere. He'll be in the NFC South. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.